Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I am getting to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there, to accelerate in the leadership lane? And today I have a very special guest. I'm getting to talk to Melissa Goble. Melissa is a SBHR and she is the Chief Human Resource Officer at YPO. And I am so excited to have you on the show. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Bruce, and hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, absolutely. And for those who don't know, YPO is a global uh, leadership community of, of CEOs. And I, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I want to give a real quick shout out to a mutual friend of ours, uh, Nicole Duraco, who actually introduced us. Yes, absolutely. Nicole's fabulous. And thank you very much, Nicole, for the introduction. Yeah, absolutely. She's fabulous. And one of the reasons why I wanted to visit with you today was talk a little bit about leadership development. I mean, we are in 2021, thank goodness, uh, in February as we are in Q1 and we're all trying to figure out, hey, how can we build some momentum? How can we uh, grow and achieve and, uh, our goals in the new year. And so we're going to talk a lot about that. But before we start, I always love for our guests to share their story. And I would love for you to share the Melissa Goebel story. Like, where did you grow up and how in the world did you get into HR? <laughs> well, I grew up, I actually grew up in South Texas on the Mexican border, Texas and Mexico border. So I grew up in a town called McAllen. And um, so I came off to college up to the University of North Texas, which is about as far as you can get from McAllen and still be in the state of Texas. Okay, so um, McAllen is at the very tip of South down Texas, at the very right? Bottom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Brownsville's at the bottom, and just up the river is McAllen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I came up to North Texas, and I was pretty, sh I knew I wanted to major in business, and I thought it was going to be finance. Um, didn't take long to figure out it wasn't finance. Um, and so I started taking more HR related courses, things about employment law, training, development. And I found that that was really my passion. And so I ended up with um, a business administration degree and my degree is actually in HR, my focus is. And so when I graduated from the University of North Texas, um, I went out to look for a, a job and it was 1990. And there weren't a lot of jobs. There were some, um, some issues going on in the economy. So then I started working temp jobs and waitressing at night. And I ended up at this very small medical supply company in Dallas. And I got to go in and fill in for their receptionist while they were hiring a new one. And so then they just kept on keeping me around. Uh, so I did some AP, I did a whole bunch of stuff and I finally started to doing HR. And I also started doing investor relations and I really liked both. And so that company was being taken over uh, and it came down to it and I said, all right, whichever role I find either in HR or investor relations, that's my career path. Now that's strategy, isn't it? Um, and so I ended up with the most amazing opportunity to, um, with a company called American Freightways. It's, it was based in Arkansas and I had never been to Arkansas went up there to interview, ended up moving in, moving up there, taking this great um, HR administrator role. And they were just uh, focused on non-union um, and growing their business and expanding their state by state. So it's an LTL. 
And so I got my, my true experience started in freight. Oh, well, you know, I, I have a passion for freight. I mean, being in relocation in the transportation industry, you know, I uh, find it interesting how, you know, when I moved to Dallas, Texas in 1995, we were going to yeah. live in the city where my wife got a job. It was going to be in Lake Dallas, Texas or Frisco, Texas. And so that's like you saying, hey, wherever I get a job, if it's either in HR or investor relations, that's going to that's kind path. of that's your path, focus. right? Yeah, because yeah, I really liked both of them. I really liked both of them. And it just happened to be in HR. And so I stayed with American Freightways for a couple of years. And then I wanted to come back to Dallas. And then I went to work for Coca-Cola in Dallas on the bottler side. And then um, American Freightways called me back for a regional HR role. And I went back to them and, and did that and traveled all over Texas, New Mexico, and Oklahoma as a regional um, HR manager. You should be scared when they say, would you like to pick out your new car out of the book? Because you know you're going to live in it. Oh, no. <laughs> so me and my Lumina, we drove all over the place. Um, I learned so much. I learned so much being out in the field and then came back in and um, um, left YPO, I mean, left uh, American Freightways to go to Sabre. And so I've just had um, a really great opportunity there in industrial, not industrial relations, but in uh, relations um, and have uh, just had great experience in, in such a different industry uh, and from there I went to marketing I was working in an advertising agency for about 10 years um, doing all the things that you do as you get accounts and lose accounts and grow the business um, and then went on to uh, Alcon and then have landed at YPO. I love your advice about whenever the company shows you the car that you wanted to drive, <laughs> beware, because you're going to live in that car. That is fantastic. What was it like? Uh, and I'm just curious, as you share that story, you left American Freight and then you went back. What I was did. that like going back? It was, um, it was fun. It was fun to go back because it was, I, I already knew everyone back at the, at the home office, if you will. And I had gotten to develop a lot of the guidelines and the policies um, when I was in the, in the home office. And then coming back and being in the field, it was great because I got to be right there, go out on the trucks with the drivers and see what our customers really needed um, mm. to work with the dot workers and see what really was going on. You know, what, what is it like to be a hostler and try to move trailers around a very tight yard mm. and try to get freight turned to get back out? They were in a hub and spoke um uh structure and so it was getting bringing the city drivers coming in and getting that freight turned around really quickly it was um it was just interesting the logistics part of it yeah no i asked that question because you know a lot of people talk about you know once they leave a company you know not not ever going back and i've, I've heard other people share a story when they've gone back their experiences um i love how you talk about uh the value of like working from the ground floor right you're out there with yeah. you know and you're talking about in the parking lot you know turning these trailers around i remember when i started uh at my organization in, in 1995 um and you had a similar you started out as a secretary after you graduated <laughs> from college and you know i uh, when i graduated from college i started out on the trucks i was actually packing boxes and and, and move, wrapping furniture and, and lifting furniture and carrying it up three flights of stairs. And I'm thinking, I got a degree. Should I be doing this? But the experience is like, it's incredible. You can't buy 
that experience because we're going to talk about training and development and you, can't, you know you can't buy that type of experience and you can't buy understanding what people live through in their work mm. um and i can remember when i was uh, at, at the freight carrier and i was in um, in a terminal in oklahoma that was that that was having some troubles with its leadership and i was sitting in the break room and this truck driver came in and he um he sat down with me and he said you know i'd like to tell you a story well i want to listen and the gentleman proceeded to tell me about his experience. He had been at this terminal for so long. And he told me about all the managers that came and all the managers that left. And it was just an interesting way. I learned so much from him and others um, in the way that they would teach me about what was going on and what to look for without coming out and saying, hey, here's your issue. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, um, anytime, you know, we, you know, through our journey, it just seems like there, it seems like there's a time, like you started out as a secretary and then you're, you know, you're working on the ground floor and you're moving and, and throughout your, your career. Was there a moment when you like, you just knew that you were doing what you wanted to do? I mean, cause you, you know, one time you're like, am I going to go HR or am I going to go investor relations? Like, mm -hmm. and then, you know, here you are today as a chief human resource officer. So was there a, was there a moment and a, or, or several moments where you said, you know what, I love, love what I do. I think there was a, there was a moment in my career when I was at Sabre and I was an employee relations consultant. And I really realized the privilege that I had being in that role. So as an employee relations consultant, all you do all day long, is that you talk to people and help people through performance issues or if there's a, a claim of discrimination or a complaint. And at that time, um, Sabre was um, serving as the IT function for different airlines. And so there was an airline that they were doing that for up in the Northeast. And so as those jobs became automated, then those people were released. And so my role was to go in and lay those people off, explain their benefits and help them through the process. And that's when I realized that if there's a privilege in there because you are serving others. You are serving others to know, one, there's life beyond work mm. and there's value for a person beyond what they do. And if you get to be there, when you help somebody through that, because so many people have their identity wrapped up in their work that they forget all of that. And they, they may not have a faith or something when, or a support group in which to rely on, um, but to be able to help somebody see it's, you're, it's bigger than this job. You're on a different journey. It's, this, isn't, this is a bump in the road of life. This doesn't define who you are. That is so great. And so that's really, that's really where I found a big part of my purpose. Yeah, I, uh, when I wrote the book, Find Your Lane, I, you know, it's all really about, hey, finding that calling, like for you. Mm -hmm. and, and so I love how you use the word privilege. And then you also bookend it with serving. And mm -hmm. just that privilege to serve people. And I, I love that because that, that, you know, that they basically said, hey, I'm in alignment with who I wanna be. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I love that. What, you know, uh, as, as we go through our careers, though, there's also people that are in our careers that, you know, maybe it's through the conversation like you had with the gentleman uh, in Oklahoma, or were there some mentors in your career that, that, that have helped you along the way? And then do you mentor anybody today? Um, yes and yes. So I have, I have such gratitude for the people that have helped me along the way. And I think, you know, we're all on our journey and, and, and that is what we get to do. We get to help others and we get to be, if we're fortunate enough to receive help from other people. So, yeah, I think back through my career and I've had, I've had several different mentors along the way. And it goes back to that small um, medical supply company. So when I, when I mentioned that role, I had the CFO there was a mentor to me. And he was the one when all of that was happening and um, his name's Tom Drake. Tom took me out and introduced me to other people within the community for investor relations. At the same time, my manager, um, she was the controller, Julie Garrison, she did a lot for me um, and helped me guide me. And as I was going off to grad school, she was helping me figure all that stuff out. And along the way um, at American Freightways in Arkansas, I had a gentleman, Steve Rentmouth was my manager. And he took great interest in me and helped me develop and grow from uh, from this young person to becoming um, uh, a successful HR leader there. And then he was the one who brought me back after I moved back to Dallas and said, hey, we have that role you always wanted to go out and do. You want to come back? Sure, I'll come back and work for you. Yeah. So That's- along the way, I think about um, at Saver is where I ran into Louis Durango. And he went on to the advertising agency and he called me and said, hey, Melissa, we got a lot of work to do. You need to come on over here. And Lewis has been fantastic. Um, I think another one would be a gentleman by the name of Jim Bayham. And uh, then two guys from YPO, uh, Sean McGinnis and Scott Mordell. So I've been really fortunate. Oh my gosh, isn't that, that's fantastic how uh, you, you meet people and, and they not only help you navigate through your career, but they also help you like become who you want to be mm-hmm. along the way. Like they're, they're talking to you more about the job. They're, they're talking to you about life, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in, in your career. And so I just absolutely love that. How about mentoring others? Do you, do you mentor anybody today? I do. I mentor a couple of people on my team and then some people that have been on my teams in the past. Um, they still call me. They're like, hey, I got this problem. What are we going to do? Um, and I love those calls. I love those calls because it's a great way to keep in touch with people. And then, you know, and then also to help them as they call and they say, hey, I've got this. I don't know which direction to go. What should I do with the career? What should I do with this problem? And it's so much fun to get to talk to people. And then I love getting to be their reference because I always say, okay, now, are you really going to be good to my person? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I don't think that those references necessarily know they're going to be quizzed, um, but uh, that's the way it works. Yeah, I, uh, I, I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, you're, you're busy. I mean, most people that are, you know, the higher you, you go in your career, the busier you get. You, you mm-hmm. just do. You just get busy. And, but... People that um, just uh, have that have, have been mentored, uh, they get fulfilled mentoring others too. And so that's why I like to share with people that listen, 
you should ask, if if you want somebody to mentor you, you should still ask, you know, and, 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 you know, people that can see that there's opportunity there to, to teach you something they'll, they'll help you. And so yeah. I, I love to share that. I, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I want to talk 2021. I want to talk about leadership, but before uh, we, we start talking about 2021 and what we're doing, uh, can you just take a, just a real glance over your shoulder? Don't look too long. <laughs> Uh, but oh, was there yeah, some <laughs> was there any uh, were there any silver light? You know, I always talk about hey, look for the good and you'll see the good. I know it was a very very difficult year for for everyone. Was there any any silver linings though that you 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 took from it and you're able to you know bring it into the new year? Absolutely, I found them both in my professional life and in my personal life. Mm. So in my professional life, what I found is I think it only accentuated the fact that everybody has a lot of life going on. I'll say that again, everybody has a lot of life going on. Mm. And so in this virtual environment, when you reach out to talk to somebody, it's a way to connect. And some people are feeling so isolated these days, but it's a way to connect. And, and I have found that making sure that I'm always on video and connecting with the other person in video is the way to be able to check in on them. Mm. Because sometimes you find people in really tough spots and there's a way to reach out and help them. Um, I've also watched people just pour out generosity of themselves mm. and giving of themselves and how they want to help others. Um, I have found a hunger for honesty and simplicity mm. and transparency. And I found that if you meet that with that, um, it's amazing what you can do. It's amazing if you're in a tough situation and you're open and honest about it and you say, here it is, even if it impacts somebody negatively, there's, you know, you're treating somebody like an adult, you're treating them with respect and it's, re and it's received in such a good way. On, my on the personal side, um, my silver lining was getting to spend time with my, my children. Mm. My son came back from school. He's at Oklahoma State, and um, he was go with Pokes. us in March. Oh, yeah, go Pokes, please. Um, he was with us in March, all the way to when he went back to school in August. And, you know, a 20-year-old guy, I never thought that I would get that much time with him. So oh, that's, we, we just have a lot of blessings. What a gift. What a gift. Yeah, that, that, that's great. I, I think many of us can, can relate to that. And, and we were all, you're right. We were all able to like hit that pause button and kind of reflect on, hey, what's important now? I heard Lou Holtz say that one time, focus on the win, W-I-N, what's important now? What's and, important now? Yeah, and so I think that, that that's, been, uh, that's been one of the biggest silver linings of it. Now here we are, we're in February. 2021, uh, we are buckled down trying to figure out, okay, we still have this going on, but how do we, how do we navigate through this? We know what we're dealing with. How do we navigate through this as we try to pursue um, our goals and our objectives for our organizations? And so I was wondering, um, you know, the president just got inaugurated and a lot of times you hear the president talk about having this like hundred day plan. Do you have like a, a, a hundred day plan going out of the gates or how do you personally, how do you build momentum uh, going into a new year? Well, I build momentum going into a new year with really doing a lot of reflection 
and then thinking about where we are in the organization and what we're trying to achieve. And I think this year, more than ever, um, I think we need to be armed with a pencil and a big eraser mm. because as, as, as you go into things, things are going to change. And, you know, we're all on our own journey and thinking about how we pivot in the moment is really important. So um, around development for this year, I was thinking about, you know, wh where should we really focus? And there's a, uh, there's a couple of things that I've been thinking about. Um, but as I, as I dealt deeper, I really thought about, um, there's something in one of the planners that I use, and it, and it asks this question um, each day. It says, if you were a high-performing coach, what would you tell yourself? Mm. So it really kind of pot makes you pause and reflect about what would you tell yourself to do? How would you look at what you're doing? How would you go out and get feedback about what's your brand? How are you showing up? How's your team doing? What are you doing for the organization? How do your customers feel about it? And I think from there is really kind of the, the approach to take a step back and look at things individually to see where you need to adjust. Yeah, I, uh, I love that. So if anyone who's listening right now or, or watching this, get your journal out, get your pen out. You need to take these, actually get the pencil out and a big eraser. I love how you said, you need to have a pencil and even a bigger eraser. Isn't that the truth? I mean, it seems like, you know, we're in a time now where, you know, we put together a plan and we saw this in March of last year, right? Uh, you have to be able to be agile. And like you said, you have to be able to pivot uh, when needed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And nothing, and nothing seems to accelerate change like a crisis. And when we think about where everybody is and um, what everybody's gone through, we've all been adapting. Yeah, I think, I think that's one thing that, and, and you know, I, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, is that seems like uh you know obviously it's a very important for us to continue to invest in our, our development right the more we grow the more we can help others the more we're going to grow in our organization and I, I was just you know i'd love to hear kind of your thoughts around personal development and where to go find that because you know number one a lot of companies will you know they just expect you to go out there and and find that and and develop yourself whether you're taking a certification or, or whatever the case may be but there is i think i mentioned this uh, before we even got on the call there is so much out there it's almost overwhelming so what are it's some like yeah what are some things that you would encourage people to kind of think about doing you know as we as we get into a new year as far as continuing to grow themselves well, there's a couple of things that I've been thinking about. And one of them is, um, you know, I think in, in, in these days as things change, you always have to keep up with the latest technology and really thinking about digital and what that means and what that means for where you are and how you keep up and stay ahead of that. I don't know if you can get ahead of it, but how you stay on top of it, perhaps, maybe that's the goal. Um, and then the fact that we're, we're going to remain virtual in some aspects is my prediction. You know, I think the, the accelerated changes that we've all recognized that you can work remotely effectively. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to think about, I think our workforce is going to expect that now that I have been working remotely, either why would I go back into an office? Um, in the organization I work in, 
the we are predominantly uh, virtual. We were that before before March of last year, and so I don't see that changing. But I see that in so many of my um, colleagues that I know that they're facing that with their their organization. And so I really think that people have to think about their virtual presence. So as you are on these Zoom calls that sometimes seem never ending, how are you building the relationships? How are you making those connections? What is your presence? And how are you, how are you coming across to be able to connect with others? And then in this time of civil unrest, I mean, what are we doing to, that's really going to accelerate us addressing that and the focus on DNI. And to me, that's so exciting about how do you how do you drive inclusion? How do you drive um, higher levels of representation so that you get you get different minds around the table and how they're thinking? So I think there's there's some really key parts there. And then always with communication, how can you reach people? And, and one of the things that I learned um, through this pandemic as I as I peek over my shoulder just oh so briefly, Bruce, um, <laughs> to look into last year. Uh, one of my learnings then was the fact that you, there was so much life going on, you didn't know where people were going to be as you communicated. And one of the things that I have found to be, to be helpful is to do some video messaging. And mm -hmm. so rather than sending out an email, which makes everybody's, you know, they just, to look at a long message, nobody wants to read that but I am willing to listen to you or to watch you for three minutes. And if, and if I do a video, then I get to control the tone and the message that you receive, as opposed to you reading a message that just seems to go on forever and you're looking at it through the filter of another message from this lady I can't take anymore, as opposed to, okay, it's only three minutes, I can watch that um, and, and, hear, and hear it and deliver the message in the way that I want to to have it received. Oh Try man, where they are. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the excellent, excellent point. So, so uh, work on, work on our presence, uh, continuing mm -hmm. to like, try to like become, figure out who we want to become. I talk a little bit about that in my book about, hey, a lot of times um, when we're talking about presence, identify some different people that you feel like have this great presence and what are some of those qualities and then start trying to work on not everything, but something, right? How would you, like for you, how, how would you work on, how would you uh, maybe suggest someone work a little bit on presence? Well, I think one of the scariest things to do is to, is to record yourself mm. and, then, and then watch it. <laughs> the, recording, <laughs> the recording isn't as bad as the watching. And once you watch yourself, um, you will be your toughest critic, um, but you'll but it it'll give you a starting point on your on your virtual presence, so you can see how you're coming across, how your voice is carrying, mm. what you're saying. Are you doing a lot of the fillers? Um, you know, are you making good eye contact and those kinds of things? That is that is that's gold right there, folks. Be sure and write that down. Because uh, some of this does take practice and, you know, uh, presence was my, so I always have a word of the year. And a oh, few okay. years ago, presence was my word. And I remember during that year, I would try to maybe pause or talk a little bit slower. Or when we were out and about at a networking event, we, I would try to like, when I shook someone's hand, I would hold it just for a second longer. 
or try to look them in the eye. And so there's some different things, but I love, love, love the idea about the video. I, as a matter of fact, when I first started at my company back in 2004, I used to leave myself voicemails and listen to them. And I'd be like, that's terrible. But I got better at it because I, I practiced that. I, 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 I thank you for going a little bit deeper on that with me because I think presence is, is really can help you in so many ways, so many ways. And then, of course, the uh, uh, civil unrest, what you're talking about, the DEI, and I, I really think that's an opportunity to just really drive conversation. So learn as much as we can about the, the area and then have a conversation with someone uh, about that. That's how we're going to get better and, and bring more awareness. And then, I mean, communication, I, that's so important, right? So important. Oh my gosh, that is so good. Okay, so I've always had a question, I'm, and I want to ask you this. Um, I I had a conversation with someone several years ago, and they said, "Okay, if two people walked into your office, and and one had a HR certification, yes, uh, let's let's say a, a, a PHR or Sherm CP, and the other one didn't, would the certification have more weight?" So they're showing that, you know, we're sitting here talking about development and, and, and continue to grow ourselves. Would that have more weight uh, in the position? Not necessarily saying would they get the position because the other person could have more experience, but would that add weight to that? I, I'm curious your thoughts on that. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think the certification makes a difference. Um, and so I've had my SPHR since 2004. And um, I will do just about anything to keep it done. <laughs> renewed and current. So I never have to take that darn test again. Um, but the, the thing that it does is it makes me go back to the basics. It makes me recognize where I have grown during the year as I keep track of my development. But after, because um, I, I graduated from University of North Texas in 1990. And then when I got ready and I was taking those classes, my prep classes for the SPHR, it was like, it was a, a refresh. It's wow. all of a sudden, you're back in the land of Title Seven. You're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that, but just, I think that body of work to say, I know that, that's huge. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I agree. And I, I tell people a lot, it's not necessarily about the, um, the actual letters, which I'm with you, I have my PHR, and I will do anything I can to not have to take that test again. But mm -hmm. it's about the conversations. Now, all of a sudden, I can have different conversations about whether it's work, you know, workforce planning, or uh, compensation and benefits or risk management or business strategy. I mean, you can have a like a broader conversation because you've gone through that You've gone well, through you that. Know, you know, there's a solid foundation, right? You know, there's a solid foundation that you share. Yeah, no, that, that's terrific. That's terrific. I really think that uh, 2021 is going to also be a great opportunity for people to just continue to skill up, uh, especially if they're, you know, working from home, but we've got to figure out a way to block that time, identify what, you know, with the areas that we want to skill up. Maybe it's an area that will give us more presence or, or give us more uh, information on DE&I or communication, or maybe it's a certification. Anything else that people come to you and say, hey, what can I do to, to get better? Uh, any other tips or thoughts on, you know, I mean, you went from a secretary to the CHRO, and, but it didn't happen overnight, did it? 
no, no. And now, now that you're looking at me, you know, <laughs> clearly, clearly it didn't happen overnight. I'll take any cold cream uh, recommendations. It doesn't take, it takes, um, it t- for anything, for anything, it takes hard work and, and focus and um, digging in there to figure out how you can contribute and be part of the solution. No, I, I, I uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I, uh, I always like to look back to on my career and there, there's certain things I had to go through to get to where I am. I just couldn't like take a class or, or, you know, take a seminar or whatever to get to that next. Sometimes you have to go through the failures. You have to go through the, you know, the, the, just the meeting different mentors and different people to help kind of direct you uh, along the way. And so, uh, man, this is good stuff. I think that so, this so is going to be a great first, year for that. I want to add something to that. I think you also, you're right. You don't, you don't grow on the mountaintops. You grow in the valley. Mm. And so um, when you, like when I look back at my, my biggest growth, I think about like those truck drivers that would come in and talk to me. I learned so much from those people who were willing to share. Um, but I also learned from my own failures or I learned from bad managers that I reported to mm. because it gave me a firsthand experience. So now when I'm talking to people and they talk about a tough spot, I, I, I have empathy because, because I've been through some of that too. But you're oh. right. It's, the, it's those valleys that we go through that help mold us to be where we are. So if anybody's out there listening right now or you're watching this and you're, I mean, you're in that valley, that, that's okay. That's okay. Oh my you know? gosh, yeah. That's where okay. you're you're growing in the valley. You're growing in the valley. You don't grow on the mountaintop. Yeah. That, oh man, yeah. that is so good. Oh my God. Okay. So one of the things that I like to do is I like to pull out like a, a leadership practice from leaders that are really making a difference and had success. And so I would love for you if you could just share. Is there like a, a discipline or a daily practice that you have that helps keep you on track every day? Well, I think it's, there's a couple of things that I do. Hopefully those things put together are helping me, helping me through the day. One of them is that I really try to organize my day where I can use my energy and my brain the best. So I think the, the cleanest, the, the pure, the, you know, my strategy thinking, um, real clear thinking happens in the morning. My writing, I'm best at writing in the mornings. Um, so I try to have most of my calls midday or later. Um, I also just do a lot of planning. And then I really focus on connecting with others. So connecting with others within my organization and outside of the organization to understand what's going on and what people are facing. Um, and so I think that connection is what really helps me to to stay abreast and fresh and be able to, to respond as needed. Oh, I love that. And because you plan, you're able to really connect um, and carve out that time. Otherwise, you could just be in the weeds all day long, right? But since you and plan. Some days it out that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm curious, uh, do you use a, you know, do you still use, do you write down, have a, a, a hard calendar or do you put everything in your phone? Are you digital? Oh, my calendar is all digital, uh, but I do carry a notebook with me all the time. Yeah. And so I have my um, thoughts for the week. I have my thoughts for the day. Um, and then I get to go back at the end of the day or the week and reconcile and see how much more I, I wish I had gotten done. But uh, I think it's so important to be present in the moment. So sometimes things happen, you get, you make it through and sometimes you don't. That just gets to, you still get to focus on that or figure out if it's still relevant. 
Yeah, and I and, and that's another area too. You just have to kind of find your lane and what works for you. But I use a, uh, I've always used a, a a hard planner, you know, pencil and and calendar. And I a few years ago I said I'm going all digital. Um, How'd that you know, work? It didn't work out very well. Uh, actually, I'm more of a hybrid now. So what I do is I still on Sundays I'll plan, I'll put, I'll write everything down, put everything on paper. And then in my phone, what I'll typically do are just make sure my appointments are in there and my, you know, my, my MVPs are, are most valuable things I need to do. But um, I haven't been able to go all electronic. So uh, well, I think there's some kind of satisfaction too with the, the tactical scratching something off or writing something down um, because that writing help triggers the memory so that you can get to it, but uh, there's just something satisfying about a red line going through something that you need to do. Yeah, isn't there? Oh my gosh, that's oh, so true. I, I think I read about that. That was like the Andrew Carnegie method back in the day. You know, you write your one, two, three, four, five things, and it just gives you some satisfaction to put that line through. Just mark it out. Yeah, I tell people all the time, some people get so infatuated with it, they forget to write something down and they do something and they go write it down just to write that line through there. And, and some days you need that. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, this has been so great. Well, well, I have one more question before we kind of get into the, it's time to accelerate. And what The question oh. is oh, around advice. And I always like to ask, was there some advice that you were given early in your career, or maybe even from family, that you found it so good that you give it to others? You just find yourself giving it often. I think the, um, the thing I would think about was, uh, was probably from my dad. So my dad was a small business owner. He was a, an entrepreneur. And it was just really about um, doing the right thing and finding ways to get back. So, you know, that we've been given so much. So how can you give back to others? That's fantastic. Those are two incredible values right there. Integrity and generosity. Mm -hmm. um, oh, man, that's special from your dad. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. This has been so, so good. Um, and now we're going to go ahead and shift into it's time to accelerate. I want to ask you a few fun questions as we kind of close our interview. First question okay. I have for you is book or podcast? Oh, podcast. Podcast. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, I was curious, do you have any favorites? Well, there's one, Life and Leadership. Life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I think the other ones, I love anything that um, Brene Brown puts out. Mm, um, so I also good. like Oprah's uh, Super Soul. Yes. Um, and then I'm a huge fan of my church. My church puts out podcasts every week. And so I, I really enjoy those. That is so good. Oh, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, how about 2021? We talked a little bit about your plan and kind of kind of uh, how, to, how to develop and, and really get in pursuit what are you most excited about for the new year? You know what I'm so excited about? I'm so excited that, um, that this is a year I think that we're going to get to do. It's a time of reset. Mm. A time of reset. Things are so, it's, it, there's change afoot. And um, I think it's a time to reflect on where you are and where you want to go and how you do that. So I feel like there's so much opportunity. I just wrote that down. Reset. You know, my uh, 
my parents were also entrepreneurs or are, and they, uh, they own bowling centers. And so uh, that reset, but when you said oh, that, I'm that thinking means, about that a lot to you. <laughs> yes, it does. You know, when it's time to hit that reset button, get a full rack of pins and get ready to throw that bowling ball at 10 pins. So that's fantastic. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So um, I always like to know uh, what, what are you most grateful for? Mm, I am so grateful for, um, I'm grateful for where I live. Mm. I'm grateful for my family and my health, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to do work. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, how about, you know, when it, I had a, I have a, a good friend, Yvonne Freeman, and I early on when I started the podcast, I was asking people what, what their hobbies were. And she said, you know, I really like the word energized. What, and I, ever since then, I was like, I am energized by that question. What energizes you? Um, what energizes me? So, AKA, what's my hobby? <laughs> if that energizes you, yes. It does energize me. Actually, it's in um, rescue. So I do a lot of dog rescue. Oh. And I get to rescue for two different, um, for two different uh, dog rescue groups. One is small pod, and the other one is positive love animal rescue, and also known as Polar, which is based here in Dallas. Oh man, that's fantastic! I'll get so the information I, and and I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, yeah, anybody so else love, wants to um, be part of that? Those, those are two great organizations. Um, small Paws focuses on Bichon Frisés, and positive love animal rescue. We have fostered. We've probably had about fifteen dogs this year that we've gotten to help give them to a home. Oh, that's great. Oh man, yeah, that's, that's a huge passion. Um, and then um, uh, now that my children are older, but my children have been a huge passion, getting to be part of their lives. And you know, at one point, getting to be the Girl Scout leader, which I'm really glad I'm not dealing cookies this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, there, there's a lot going on. And then and then getting to be part of my church. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. When your kids come back, they energize you. I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. And so that, that's fantastic. Um, okay. So I have the final question and this is uh, honestly, Melissa, this is probably uh, my favorite question of all. And, and here, here's, here's the question. So Melissa Goble, 10 years older is knocking at your door Ooh. right now. Ooh. And, she, and you answer that door. What is she saying to you? Well, she's probably saying, wear more sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> and don't skip out on your morning walk. You're going to need those. Mm. Um, she's also telling me, um, she's probably telling me to be bolder. Mm. To be bolder with what I am thinking about and, and what I'm doing. Um, to be bolder and to to be a little braver about trying new things. That's fantastic. You know, uh, you mentioned Brene Brown earlier. She really talks a lot about uh, the importance of being brave, doesn't she? She does. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of Brene Brown, and and uh, I'm with you. I, as a matter of fact, uh, I had a friend one time say that. Um, uh, what did she say? She says that uh, fear freezes us and bold frees us. Ooh. Ooh, and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm writing that down. Um, and so, I, 
Yeah, same thing, you know, and it's just amazing when we get out there and we share. And so I want to just thank you for being bold and coming on the show today and just talking leadership. I think that some of the things that you shared today are really going to help some people that are listening and watching the podcast. They're going to have an idea or two that's going to help them. And so for that, I say thank you. And so if someone wanted to, they wanted to connect with you, how, how would be the best way that they could connect? Probably by email. Yeah? Yeah. I think probably by email would be a good way to do that. So it's my name put together as one word, Melissa Goebel, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-G-O-E, B as in boy, E-L, at sbcglobal.net. Global, global. Global, global. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I will also put that in the show notes. So if somebody wants to just have a, a, a easy connection, they can connect there. And so I just want to say thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. If you are listening to the, the podcast or, or, or watching and, and you enjoy it, I, I just ask that you go on to the uh, Apple podcast, rate the podcast, um, post a review and share it with others. Because like I said, it's more than a podcast. This is, this is free coaching. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the show today. And just, you're definitely driving in the leadership lane. And for that, I say thank you. And thank you for your friendship. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you for those people who've listened. And if there's something I can do to help out, please let me know. Awesome. Can't wait to share it with everybody. Okay. Talk to you later, Melissa.